Uh, so thank you for being here. We know we got a lot of people out of town and stuff like that for the weekend, but we are going to celebrate Jesus and worship him today and hear his word. Amen. That's what it's all about right there. Well, praise God. We're going to go ahead and open up just like we always do. Who knows how we always open up around here? And, hey, by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. So let's go ahead and stand up together this morning. And we're going to speak some faith over this nation. Who believes that America is coming to Jesus today? Amen. And so we will choose to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Let's say it together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a few minutes here to do a little meet and greet time. So go find somebody, give them a nice handshake, fist bump, high five, great big hug. Just make sure everybody gets some love today. Let's go.
Praise God, we are going to have a fantastic time. And so, um, Pastor Katie isn't here today, and a lot of uh, the church family isn't here. So yesterday, uh, we had the funeral up in San Francisco for uh, Kaylee. If some of you remember Kaylee, uh, we told you a few weeks ago, she's one of our 17-year-old youth group students. Uh, She passed away in July suddenly, and uh, her family lived up in the Bay Area. So um, a whole bunch of the church members from Barstow drove up there for the service. We did it on the beach up there yesterday, and it was just, uh, it really blessed their family a lot to see how a whole big group of people would drive seven or eight hours to show the love of Jesus. And so uh, it was just a beautiful time, and we're praying for some uh, healing and some peace for the family as they start to move forward. Amen. And so that's where they are. Um, a lot of them are driving back down. I was fortunate I caught a flight from Oakland to LAX. So I said, I told Doug and Alexis I'd give them a shout out for giving me a ride to the airport. So thank you, Doug and Alexis. You guys are great. Amen. And I got to see Oakland. That's a trip, huh? 
Anyway, all right, let's go. So, uh, amen. Uh, what well, few announcements today? Uh, first of all, there's no 6 p.m. service tonight um, due to the Labor Day holiday. So, uh, you know, take some time to rest and uh, and be with your family and all that fun stuff. We're gonna do that. And then uh, this Friday is gonna be the fall kickoff for the women's ministry. So I'm gonna let Mrs. Pastor give us some information about the women's meeting. All right. Well, we're going to have a new format this year, ladies. So we're going to be studying women of the Bible the entire year. So you, if you don't have a New Living Bible, you should get one because a lot, yeah, New Living Translation. Be, thank you. Because uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of translations out there. I got to get the right one. New Living Translation. Hopefully we have some in the bookstore. Maybe they have some at the Walmart, whatever. Or maybe you can just get it on your phone. Because a lot of these women are in the Old Testament, and, uh, you know, it's easier to read all that Old Testament stuff if you're in a more modern translation. Um, your invite says 6 o'clock. I'll be there, victory at 6 o'clock, but really the meeting starts at 6.30. And so we're having a pitch-in. Many of you folks out here, I had this the other day, don't know what the word pitch-in means. That means potluck, but I like the word pitch-in. So anyway, the menu is casserole or a salad or a dessert so you need to bring that something to share okay also um because of the new format we cannot have any small children there if you have a daughter that's 10 or up that can sit still during a like a classroom type setting and not make a lot of noise or talk to her neighbors or whatever then they're welcome to come that's your call but smaller children it's going to be very disruptive so I'm really excited about this new format we're going to be using. You're going to have a, an opportunity to have discussion and things like that. So it's going to be super, super good, but we can't be interrupted by children. Do we not love children? No, High Desert Word Center loves children. Amen. We have so many things for children. It's, it's really a blessing. But there's a time and a place for you moms, grandmothers, to be able to come apart for a couple of hours and get some word, get some fellowship with other women, and be at peace, right? Amen. All right. Very good. So, ladies, that'll be this coming Friday night, and uh, we want everybody to get a chance to be there. A um, couple other awesome things coming up is the September Marriage Night is coming up, everybody. Uh, yeah. On Friday the 15th from 6.30 to 8.30, there is child care provided. And uh, and so we want you to be able to be there. You can register online for the child care totally free, hdwc.org slash married. And do we still have that survey up online or did we? Okay. All right. Very good. We had a survey going, but we've completed that. So that's uh, good to go there. And another awesome thing we told you, we're a family church. And so we like to do family things. We have a family picnic coming. Coming up in a few weeks, amen, uh, on Monday the 18th, it's going to be at the H Street Park from 5.30 until sunset, till it gets dark, but uh, we, we've done this a couple of times a year for the last few years, and it's been so fun, so come on out to the park that night, uh, bring some food for your family, maybe a little extra to share if you want to, and we'll have some stuff for the kids to do, but it's just a really good time being together, fellowshipping, making new friends, and uh, and we want you to take advantage of this, all right? And then a couple other things. Uh, starting in October, we're going to be bringing back our intentional parenting class. Do we have any parents in the house today? 
It's okay to admit it. You're amongst friends. Don't be ashamed. Amen. Uh, yes, we uh, we are doing a parenting class called Intentional Parenting. It's going to start on Sunday, October 1st. It'll go from 4 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. It's five weeks long, and uh, there will be a cost for the book. I just need to find out what the cost for the book is going to be. Uh, but it's a really great small group setting uh, to, to study uh, some parenting techniques and to discuss them with the group. And uh, just, you know, help us out because we know that parenting is not always the absolute easiest thing, but it's the most important thing uh, in our lives, you know, uh, is to raise our kids in the ways of God. And also one last thing, we are now officially collecting candy for Harvest Fest. Yeah, that's coming up. At the end of October, it's our biggest event of the whole year, and uh, we we, we want to start filling up candy bags. Um, I don't know how many we're aiming for this year, probably about a thousand bags that we want to fill up. And so just keep bringing in the candy. There's a bin that says youth group, and there's a bin that says children's ministry. Okay, yeah. Oh, oh, wait. Whoa, who is it? That's Leah. All right. So uh, whichever group brings in the most candy into their bin wins a party after Harvest Fest. But most importantly, they win bragging rights. And that goes a long way around here. Okay. So anyway, uh, so bring in candy uh, individually wrapped. Let's get it going. We've got a lot of children to bless this year in Barstow. And we want it to be the biggest and best Harvest Fest we've ever had. Who thinks that sounds pretty awesome this year? Amen. All right. Well, if you are with us today for the very first time or maybe the first time in a long time, we want to give you a great big High Desert Word Center welcome. And uh, if you would just slip your hand up real quick, uh, our welcome team, Miss Leah, uh, today she has a gift for you. Uh, she's, there's an info card there. If you'll fill out the visitor card and turn it in after service, we will hook you up with a Dutch Brothers gift card, which I think is a very fair deal. That's very reasonable to me. So so uh, you just turn that in and we've got a gift for you after the service. And if you are looking for a church home, we want to say today, welcome home. You can join us. We'd love to have you be a part of us. Amen. All right. Well, with all that being said, who knows what time it is now? Happy time because God loves a cheerful giver. We're going to do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And I have asked my dear sweet mother, Mrs. Pastor, uh, to do the tithes and offerings this morning. Amen. And so let's get excited. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you've never looked at one of these offering envelopes, if you need an offering envelope, raise your hand, please. And the ushers will be more than happy to serve you. But um, how many of you have faith for your finances. So that means that you have scripture verses that you stand on for your finances, correct? Okay. So, but if you think you have faith for your finances and don't have any scriptures that you're standing on, you have no faith. No word, no faith. And so you may say, well, I'm new at this. How do I get uh, scriptures for my finances? Well, if you look at your offering envelope, there's a whole line of them that goes right across the stop, the top. You can start on those there, okay? And make sure that you get to the point where, you know, you've, <clears throat> most of you have trusted the Lord with your salvation. You know, I'm born again, child of God. I'm going to heaven. I'm shouting the victory. But sometimes people say, Lord, you can have everything, but don't, you can't have my money. 
I'm keeping my money. Don't touch it. Well, you know, you got to get to the point where, I mean, I never had a problem with that. I just said, okay, Jesus, there you go, you know. (laughs) But some people have trouble with that. But if you can't trust Jesus with your finances, we we have a problem, okay? Your finances are your well-being. They're how you feed your family. They're how you provide housing, blah, 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 blah. But the Lord is the one that blesses you with all of that stuff. And so the world has a financial plan, but God has a financial plan. So the scripture, the short, sweet little scripture I'm going to go to today is Leviticus 2730 in the Old Testament. And now I got to look it up because I didn't mark it. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Numbers, Deuteronomy, right at the front. Leviticus 27, verse 30, short and sweet. Says this. Now, we're in the New King James today. Now, I'm going to read this, but I want you to fill in my blanks, okay? And I want to hear you when you say it. And the what of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the... Does that mean it belongs to you? Does that mean that you don't pay God his tithe? Why? Because it doesn't belong to you. Right? Very plain. The tithe is the Lord's. Amen. So I just pray that if you haven't got a handle on that yet, it's a wonderful thing to be able to trust God with your finances. Isn't that so, Annie and Colin? Amen. 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 Any Anybody in here that's a tither, new tither, you can see God working, de- rebuking the devourer for your sake in your entire life in every area, and God's a good God, and you cannot outgive God. Amen. All right. Well, let's stand up and say our financial faith confession. All right. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
song last week, but I want to sing it again this week. I just really like the message and the words of this song about how the Lord is just going to reign forever and ever. So let's sing this together. Let's start with Holy, Holy.
what joy shall fill my soul and there be our hands to him this morning. Amen. Jesus, we love you. And as we're singing to you this morning, we know that you shall reign forever. You are the king of all kings. You are the Lord of all lords. And we just
just want to be closer to you. We, we, we want to be more and more like you, Jesus. And as we spend time in your presence, Lord, we know that we can come boldly to your throne of grace, Jesus, and receive the help that we need in our time of need. We praise you, Lord, and we ask that you would have your way in this service today. Speak to us, Lord. We want the truth. We want our lives to change, to be more and more like you. And so we ask you to have your way today, Lord. We love you, and we praise your holy name forever and ever. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we give him some praise together today? Amen. The Lord is good. Well, on your way to your seat there, why don't you just give someone one more high five and tell them you love them. Tell them they look really good today for a Labor Day weekend. And remind them that as of uh, Tuesday, you can't wear white anymore this year because you can't wear white after Labor Day. Amen. All right. Oh, that's not. Oh, okay. Well, where I'm from, that was what they told me. But, all right. <laughs> Amen. Well, we're going to have a good time getting into the Word of God today. Amen. What an awesome day to be together with the family of God, uh, getting into the Word. And so uh, this week we're going to be doing uh, a, a different sermon. So we just did 17 parts on grown-ups. Who was here for any of those 17 weeks? You were here. I saw you. Amen. All right. And you had the time of your life, didn't you? Amen. Okay, I'll take that. So that's pretty good. Pretty good for a Labor Day weekend. You're pretty responsive today. All right. Uh, so today uh, we're going to be talking about, well, the title is this. The title is Jesus is my boss. Amen. Jesus is my boss. Now, Labor Day is a day that we celebrate the American worker, right? And I'm good with that. We've got some wonderful, hardworking people uh, here in this country. And hey, I'm, I'm all for it. Amen. It's a, it's a day and a weekend where we give them a break for a minute. But it's also a day to get great deals on a new mattress or living room set. It's sitting safe. In fact, they'll beat anybody's advertised price or your mattress is free. Uh, but that's not... <laughs> That's not what I'm here to talk about today. Uh, what I want to talk about today, though, is, you know, we're celebrating the worker this weekend. Praise God for that. But what I want to talk about today is the boss, the boss man. And you're like, well, hey, we don't talk about the boss man. Well, if Jesus is your boss, you've got no trouble discussing the boss man. And, and I want to talk about this for a few minutes today because there seems to be, uh, and we'll get into this, uh, a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, man, Jesus is my Lord. Lord, he's my all in all. I will do whatever he says to do. And then he tells him to do something They're like, but not that I wouldn't serve in the nursery because there's dirty diapers. I, I, I wouldn't go tell somebody about Jesus because that could get uncomfortable. What if they look at me weird? And so really uh, what we're getting at is if Jesus is really your boss, what happens? You begin to do what he tells you to do. Amen. And so we're going to dig into this a little bit today, but if you need an outline for the message to follow along with, raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. There you go. And uh, if the outlines are cut crooked, uh, I'm sorry I had to do it myself because our secretary is out of town with the rest of the group today. So, uh, you know, but praise God, I did the best I could. I can preach, but I can't do administrative work. Well, we found that out. So grab one of those if you need one. We're going to open up in prayer and we're going to get into the word of God today. And we're going to discuss this topic of Jesus being your boss, really being your boss. Amen. Let's pray. 
Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And we thank you that we have a church to gather in today and to study the word of God together. We thank you for this freedom that we truly do enjoy. And I pray that we would never take it for granted. But Lord, I pray that as we're opening the word today, we would have soft hearts and open ears to receive the word of God and that it would change our lives, Lord. We don't want to stay the same. You said that if we would know the truth, the truth would set us free. And we definitely want to be free, Lord. So we thank you for today being a life-changing day. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Amen. All right. So let's discuss this a little bit. Number one, if Jesus is my boss, number one, he's in charge. He is in charge. Now, Whether you admit it or not, spiritually speaking, somebody is your boss or your Lord, somebody. And, 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 and in some cases you yourself might just be your own boss, calling all the shots, doing what you feel like doing. In other words, some people are literally their own Lord. And even though they would say, no, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Well, there's a difference between Lord and Savior. Now we know that you couldn't save yourself. Nobody could do that. Only Jesus can do that. But uh, some people, Jesus is certainly not their Lord because they call all their own shots. They make all the decisions and they don't even consider Jesus or the Bible into their decision-making or, or, or what they're going to do in life. And so there's just simply no way that you could say he's your Lord if he is not calling the shots in your life. But the good news out of all of it is this, you have say so into who is going to be the Lord in your life. Because we have what the scripture we refer to as having free will. We have a choice in the matter. You understand that God doesn't force you to do anything. He doesn't even force himself upon you. He leaves the choice up to you. He presents all of the facts. He presents all of the options and then you have the choice to make because, you know, some people are like, well, well, you know, why doesn't God force people to do this? Well, if God's real, then why did this happen? Well, he didn't want to create a bunch of robots that he just controlled every aspect of your life and forced you to do the right thing. And if, if that was the case and we worshiped God, it wouldn't be genuine. It would just be us doing what we were forced to do. But he wants us to choose him. He wants us to choose his word. He wants us to lay down our own uh, uh, desires and, 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 and crucify our flesh and choose for ourselves to serve him. He didn't want just a bunch of yes men and a bunch of robots that are doing what they were programmed and forced to do. And so free will and the power of choice is a beautiful thing in the spiritual world. So you have a choice in the matter. And I'm going to show you something very, very important here in Deuteronomy chapter 30. So let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Amen. So you can be your own boss if you want to. You can be your own Lord. It doesn't usually work out too well, but (laughs) I mean, you do have that right uh, to do that. And so I I heard somebody uh, say that, you know, BOSS, B-O-S-S, is an acronym for Built on Self-Success. And while that may look good on a t-shirt, it's not very practical in life. And I can tell you this much that 
I, whatever success I have, am not built on self-success, man. I have nothing without Jesus. I, I am nothing without Jesus. I, everything that I have, everything that I am, I've got to give him the credit for because I am not that smart. I am not that good looking. I am not that talented that I could have anything in life, but because of Jesus, amen, being my boss, when we're letting him call the shots, we can have some incredible things happen in this life. Is anybody with me today that you know you're blessed, but it's not because you're all that. It's because he is all that. Amen. You're just doing what the boss says to do. And it pays out really, really well in the end when we follow Jesus. And so, yeah, boss, I'm not built on self-success. I'm built on salvation and sanctification, somebody. Amen. It sounded good in my head. All right. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 30. Amen. I got to turn over there myself right now. So Deuteronomy chapter 30. And we're talking about choice for just a second. That that the Lord's not going to force himself to be your Lord or to be your boss. And in fact, uh, you could just write this down. It was our theme verse last year. But in Joshua 24, 15, the Lord uh, through Joshua told the people of Israel, choose today whom you will serve. And Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But there, there's a very important word in that verse. Choose for yourself today whom you will serve. You don't have to choose the Lord. It's the right decision. I'll tell you that right now. But you don't have to. He won't force you to. And so... We choose to serve the Lord, but I want to take a look here deeper at what the Lord told Moses. And we know that he was Joshua's mentor. He was the man before Joshua. And so here's what the Lord uh, spoke through Moses. Deuteronomy chapter 30, and we're going to look at verse 19. It says, today I have given you the what? Choice between life and death between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. And so according to the scripture right here, you have a choice. I have a choice as to which way I'm going to live my life. And so nobody can say, yeah, God forced me to be a Christian. What? Who would say that? You know, I heard somebody talking and, and they're like, well, I'm a Christian because I was born in America. If I was born in India, I would be a, a Hindu. If I was born in Iraq, I would be. A, so the only reason I'm a Christian is because I was born in America. And I got to tell you right now that being born in America is not how you get to heaven. If that is your twisted theology, something went really, really bad somewhere. You're dead wrong. Being a Christian has nothing to do with where you were born. It has to do with who you choose. And if you choose Jesus, it tells us in Romans 10, 13, that anybody who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's how I became a Christian. I called on the name of the Lord. It is not because of where I was born. You get that, right? 
right? And so he says right here, you've got to choose life. Amen. And so the choice is absolutely our choice. And, and, and notice here that, that he, 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 he gives you the options and then he gives you the answer. And I mean, I don't know about you, but when I was in school, we've got some great school teachers in the room today. I know they don't do this, but I would have loved it if the teacher would have said, okay, here's the question. Here's options A, B, C, and D. And by the way, the correct answer is B. Okay. Here's your test. Like, yeah. I love that. That would be the best class ever. But, 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 but listen, I know this much. I had some knucklehead friends, and perhaps I was one of them, that the teacher could have said, here's the options and here's the right answer, and they still would have chosen the wrong answer. Anybody you may, it's not you, but you know somebody that would perhaps do that? Okay, maybe I was just hanging out with the wrong people in high school, but but I know this much that even when the answer is laid out before you, some people still simply don't choose the right answer. And he says right here, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life that you and your descendants may live. He gives us the answer uh, of how to, how to, to live our life right and how to really make the Lord our boss. But I want to look at verse 20. Check this out. Verse 20, he says, you can make this choice by loving the Lord, your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land. The Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so what I love about this whole set of verses here is he tells you what choice to make. And then he literally tells you how to make the choice. That is, I mean, how good is God that he would straight tell you the answer to the test in life? And so I found out over the years that this Christianity thing isn't as complicated as some people make it out to be because I've listened to some people and some preachers. And by the end of the, by the end of it, you're like, wow, that sounds really, really hard. That's comp. Who could even begin to do that? It doesn't even sound, you know, like it's a realistic type of a thing. But I know that Christianity, living for the Lord, isn't as complicated as people make it out to be. But it can be challenging if you're doing it the right way. And I'm, I'm not just looking for the easy way in all of life. Because the easy way is not always the right way. And there's no growth that takes place in living on the easy lane. Growth comes when you're challenged and stretched and called to do something beyond your own capability. And so I can tell you right now, if the dream that you have for your life, if the goal that you have for your life is completely attainable within your own strength and ability... You're not doing it right. You need a dream and a vision that is bigger than what you could accomplish on your own. Because God can't get any glory out of you just doing something that you could do by yourself anyway. God gets the glory when something so big happens in your life that you had to rely on God. And then somebody says, how in the world is your life like that? And you have to say, it's God. 
I couldn't be here without him. There's, there's no way. I had some help getting here. My dad always said it this way. If you ever find a turtle sitting on top of a fence post, you know he had some help getting there. Right? I don't like to think of myself as a turtle, but if I was one and I was sitting on a fence post, praise God, you knew I didn't get there on my own. (laughs) Somebody picked me up and put me someplace that I couldn't have ever gotten to on my own. And that's the way the Lord wants your life to be. Amen. He wants us to challenge ourselves. He wants us to stretch our faith so we can go to higher levels and places that we've never, ever been before. Amen. Who in here, you could say, man, I haven't arrived yet, but I have left. I am further than I was before. And sometimes we sit here and get down on ourselves like, man, I, I haven't accomplished this yet. And, and man, I'm still dealing with this issue. And, and man, I don't have the whole Bible memorized yet. And, and, and listen, calm down. Listen, don't always be beating yourself up so much. We need to be pushing ourselves and, and stretching ourselves, but you need to take a minute sometimes to say, thank God I am not where I was a year ago at this time. I'm not where I was five years ago at this time. I have grown and that's what the Lord is calling us to. And I, and I look around the sanctuary and see so many incredible testimonies, man, of the power of God where he delivered you, he saved you, he brought you through it. And here you are today on Labor Day weekend, man. Most people don't want to go to church on Labor Day weekend, but you're here. Give yourselves a hand today. Yeah. You can be scoring some sweet deals on a dining room table this morning, but you're at church. Now, for a lot of my life, I felt a little bit weird because I've heard all these incredible testimonies, even in our church, of people being delivered from drugs and alcohol and gangs and, and all these things when they receive Jesus. And you know, I've got a, a pretty sweet testimony of being healed from cancer and all that. And that, and I'm grateful for that. But you know, uh, sometimes you're like, well, man, how can I preach to, to people when I just, I haven't been through any of these things. I mean, I was, I was a square. It's hard. I know it's hard to believe because you look at me and you're like, that guy's got to be a party machine, dude. I mean, wow. Uh, it's, it's crazy. I wear collared shirts every day and khakis. It's the best. I was at Walmart a while back and the worker is like, what is it you do for a living? You don't dress like anybody around here. And I'm like, well, so cool guy. But, but one day I was in college and I was walking to the mailbox to check the mail. And, um, we lived in a bad part of Tulsa, you know, but I had a good time. I was enjoying it. And, and, uh, and so I'm going to get the mail and, and a group of young men pull up to me and they're like, Hey, and Full disclosure, I looked like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, if that, you know, long hair and a little goatee. So, you know, I, I, I kind of looked the part, but, but this group of guys pulls up like, hey man, you got any paper? In my mind, I'm like, yeah, my Bible's in the car right there. I said, boys, I always keep paper with my Bible in case I get, yeah, I'll get you some paper. And they're like, we're talking about for weed, stupid. And I was like, oh. No one had told me that where I came from, but, uh, but then, you know, they pulled off and squealed their tires. And I was like, you guys want that paper or not? Because I, I've got it. And, uh, and so here's what I'm getting at. That was, a, I took the long way. You know, I, 
Got to Los Angeles by route of San Diego, but here I am. And so I would say, you know, looking at my life, I'm like, man, it's been pretty boring. Uh, I just haven't, you know, been, gone through all these different things and, and so, I, I, but I like the way Pastor Kenneth Hagin Jr. put it uh, for his life. He said, my testimony uh, isn't that God delivered me from drugs, alcohol, and gangs and all that stuff. My testimony is that God kept me from these things. Amen? And so... You know, and our, some of the people here have been delivered from these things. That's a, a super powerful testimony. And some of the people have been kept away and shielded from some of those things. And that's a powerful, incredible testimony. But what I'm getting at is this, is, is when we saw in this verse the some of the blessing for making the Lord your boss, for really making Jesus not only your Savior, but your Lord and your boss. He said, you will live long in the land, swore to give, I swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he promises these blessings upon our descendants and on our children. And so what I'm saying is your decision to make Jesus the Lord and the boss of your life, it has a lasting effect and impact, not only on you, but on your children. And so if your testimony is that God delivered you out of the gang and from drugs, that is incredible. And the best news, even on top of that, the cherry on top of, uh, of the whole pie is this, is that your kids will never have to go through those things. Amen. They can be shielded and protected from them by the grace of God. Wouldn't you want Jesus to be your Lord, to be your boss, to, to lead you in the right direction? And so, you know, hey, I'm, I am blessed that my parents chose to make Jesus their Lord and boss. But I had to come to a point in time where I had to make Jesus my Lord and my boss. Because everybody has to choose for themselves whom they will serve. Mom and dad cannot make that choice for you. The good news is as you're, you know, uh, raising your kids in the right way and, and living the godly life in front of them, you're absolutely setting them up for success and giving them the best opportunity possible to make the right choice. Amen. But either way, there comes a point in time when they have to choose for themselves if Jesus is going to be their Lord and their Savior. And as I've chosen to make him my Lord, my boss, and as so many of you have chosen to make him your Lord and your boss, sometimes he tells you to do things that you don't want to do. Is there anybody in here, the Lord, maybe he's been dealing with you right now about some stuff and you're like, I don't want to do that. I mean, I liked it when you said that you've got blessings for me, but now you're telling me to do this. And here's where we find out if you're submitted to God. Because you don't know submission until there's an area of disagreement. And maybe you disagree with the Lord on something And here's your chance to find out if you are submissive. Because submit means to, hey, we came head to head and one of us is going to have to 
go lower and let the other one be higher. And you don't know if you're submissive until there's an area of contention or disagreement or you don't want to do it God's way. If you submit like a submarine, you will go beneath and let the Lord have his way and you will come beneath him. Amen. Does that make any sense today? And so we are called to submit if he is going to be our Lord and our Savior. And if we're doing it with the right heart, we're not even going to complain about it. Anybody, you get that? That, you know, I, I, I don't like it when people nonstop complain about their job. You ever been around somebody like that? Are you one of those people? Could you? Okay. Amen. Yeah. You know, yes. You know, some of, some of that. I'm like, man, nobody forced you, as far as I know, to take that job. I mean, and, and if you're going to complain about the things that the boss is telling us to do, again, nobody forced you to receive Jesus. It is a free choice of our free will. And so... I get it sometimes, maybe you have a legit bad work situation, but if you're just mad because they told you to sweep the floors and show up on time, I don't feel sorry for you. Can you believe it? They get so mad just because I'm four minutes late every day. They had the audacity to tell me to clock in by nine o'clock. They are haters, they are wrong, and I don't deserve to be treated like this. We're speaking to the American workforce right now. Amen. We're, we're blessing you on Labor Day weekend. It's not persecution and hate if they told you the job starts at nine and they expect you to show up by nine. You, that's not hatred. Are you with me, anybody? I mean, maybe I'm hitting too close to home today. But if the boss is the boss and they tell you to do something, you just do it. And if the Lord is your boss and he tells you to do something, praise God, we do it. Amen? Even if it's not what we want. And so I'm going to get into point number two today, and that's this, all right? Talking about him being my boss. Number two, I'll do what he says. I will do what he says. And I want to show you something in Luke chapter six, verse 46, Luke six, verse 46. And so we're looking at Jesus being our boss and we can apply this spiritually speaking. You can also apply it to the natural world as well. So Luke six and verse 46 and very interesting verse here from Jesus. Luke 6, 46. Jesus says, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Is that a pretty fair question from Jesus? He's nearly confused with the people he's talking to. He's like, I don't get it. Why do you guys call me Lord all the time when you don't do what I say? Well, a Lord is someone who's in charge. A Lord is the boss. And when you've got the boss, when you've got a Lord, you do what they say. So apparently in Jesus' day here, there were people that went around saying that Jesus was their Lord, but they didn't actually do anything he said. Does that sound familiar to you? I mean, to like, I don't know, 2023, <laughs> where, where there's people like, oh yeah, Jesus is my Lord. I just don't do anything he says to do. And, and you know, one thing that irks me and is, you know, you, you watch some award ceremony 
which I got to say, I don't watch any of those. But if I did, or if I did, and when I used to, you know, you watch some award ceremony, you see some blessed celebrity get up there. And, and the first thing they want to say, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And they're like, the, 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 the movie that they're winning the award for is just pure filth and blasphemy. Or the song that they're winning the award for is straight trash and uses his name in vain. I want to thank my, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Please do not call that man your Lord. <laughs> Pastor Dave, you're judgmental. Well, Jesus said you could judge a tree by its fruit. And so that's all I'm doing right here. If you're going to act like that and say the boss told you to do it, he didn't tell you to sing that. He didn't tell you to, 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 to put that out on film for the whole world to see. That's a lie. He is not your Lord. And I don't care if you say amen today. That's the truth. And Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, but you don't do anything I say? He is not your Lord until you do what he says to do. He may be your savior. You may have scored your get out of hell free card, but there's a big old difference between him being your savior and him being your Lord. Big difference. And you won't really see the blessing of God in this world until you begin to let him be your Lord. Amen. Are we getting somewhere today? Are you, are you seeing it just a little bit today? And so Jesus, he's like, I'm confused. I don't get it. Well, uh, just, uh, it's like he's saying, I'm a little uncomfortable with you calling me Lord. Uh, I'm a little uncomfortable with you calling me boss all the time because you don't do anything that I say to do. And so I'm going to look this morning at three different scenarios. And of course, we can list dozens and hundreds and thousands, but Three very basic scenarios uh, that we need to obey the Lord in if he's going to actually be our Lord. And so one of them is this, A, is uh, you need to obey him when you like and agree with him. Yeah? Is that, I mean, is that the easy one? I'm, I'm telling you right now, this was the, this was the putt shot. This was the easy one. I mean, uh, it's pretty easy to obey him when you're like, you know what, Jesus, I do, I want to do that. And thank you. And so that's easy. That's not really submission, but you need to do it anyway, right? And and so Jesus even told this story about, he said there was two sons and, and their dad said, hey, go out into the fields and, uh, and, and, and help out the workers in the harvest. And one of the sons is like, yeah, I'll go. And then he didn't even go. And then one of the sons is like, I'm not going. And then he did end up going later on. And so Jesus asked, okay, well, which son actually did right? Which was submissive? Which one was obedient? And the obvious answer is it's the one that actually did end up going. And so... In our lives today, you know, we're like, man, I missed it so much early in life. I, I wish I would have done this sooner. Well, there's a lot of people that you probably even know that were all lip service anyway years ago. And like, yes, Jesus, I will go. And they never went. But here you are now. Maybe at first you said no, but praise God, here you are today. And you're actually out there doing something for the Lord. And so thank you, Jesus, that better late than never, you are obedient and you are making Jesus your Lord. And that's a really good sign. Amen. And so another area, we'll dig a little deeper here uh, when we're going to obey him is B, when you don't like it, when you don't like it. Now, 
you know, truth be told, there's plenty of things the Bible tells me to do that I don't actually like doing. Yes, I said that. And you know, I, I may, I may, is that a shock to you? <laughs> there's things that, hey, I don't always feel like doing it. Like when he says, if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn the other cheek also. Who in the world wants to do that? Nobody wants to. But does that mean I have to do it still? Yes, if Jesus is going to be my Lord, I literally have to do that. Because he told me to do it. The boss said to do it. Or, or how about when he said, go the extra mile for people. Nobody wants to do that. But if he's your Lord, you still do it anyway. And you don't sit there and complain the whole time you're doing it. We're talking about Jesus being the boss in your life. And I know that, you know, I've always tried to be a good employee when I've worked places and, and do the job even if I didn't like doing it. Uh, and I've had good bosses and bad bosses. Anybody in here, you've had some good ones. And you've had some less than good ones. And, uh, and you know, but I, as a Christian, you try to do just as good a job for a good boss as you do a bad boss. And you're like, no, no, that's, you work, you work harder for the good boss. Well, according to Jesus, you work just as hard for the good boss as you do the bad job, the bad boss. And so, yeah, there's been plenty of job assignments I didn't like. When I used to fry chicken, I had to marinate chicken gizzards. That was, I mean, I borderline enjoyed it, but at the same time, you know, it's, it, it's weird. Uh, uh, you know, listen, I, I mean, I, I had all sorts of dumb things. I, I had to clean these deep fryers out and you'd spray the grease right back in there. Billy's a restaurant owner. I mean, I was new to the job. No one really gave me instructions or clean that thing out. I'm 15 years old. Okay. And so I'm spraying the grease. I wanted to make sure I was getting it all. So I'm looking down in there. The grease just totally splashes into my eyes and my face. And I'm running around a restaurant, you know, throwing powder, you know, flour into my eyes. And, and so I don't know why I told you that. That's embarrassing. That, that shouldn't have come out. Amen. All right. So, but, but what I'm saying is I gave it everything I had, man. I've had some gnarly jobs that I didn't want. I was a telemarketer in college. Do you know how many times my life has been threatened by people? People hate telemarketers and I was one of them. And so there's, but there's things that either way, if you are going to be submissive, you're going to work hard either way. Do you get what I'm saying today? And so sometimes when Jesus is your boss, there's some things he's going to tell you to do that you love doing. Man, I love preaching and I love baptizing and dedicating babies and, and hugging all you guys. That's some, and then there's some parts of the job that are not always my favorite part to do. But praise God, we do it anyway because Jesus is my boss. Yeah, because you work at a church. No, I'm going to show you in a minute that if you work at Fort Irwin, at Santa Fe, at the Marine Base, at the school district, at the mall, at the wherever, as a Christian, ultimately Jesus is all of our boss if you're doing this thing the right way. And I'd be glad to show you some scripture on that here in a few minutes. But letter C is this, is we're talking about how, where do I need to obey him? Letter C, when you don't understand. When you don't understand. And so it's one thing when your boss tells you to do something you don't like, but at least you know why he's telling you to do it. But there's also times that you're asked to do something and you flat out don't even understand why. And that can happen sometimes in your regular job. And I'm telling you, sometimes that can happen when you're serving the Lord. He'll 
lay something on your heart. He'll tell you to do something and you have no idea why sometimes. And the choice is yours. Am I going to do it or am I not going to do it? And here's the thing. When we obey him, we usually find out later on down the road why the boss was telling us to do it. But we can't be one of those children, one of those workers. that's like, I'll do it if you tell me why. That's not the attitude to have with God. You say, hey, got it. I'd like to know why someday, but praise God, I'm just going to do it. Amen. And again, this is called submission. And so look at Acts chapter 20. Let's flip over there. Acts chapter 20. And I'm going to look here at the apostle Paul this morning, uh, because if there is ever a man that was submissive to the Lord and a man that had some pretty stinky job assignments, it's this man known as Paul. And you may be thinking like, yeah, well, the Lord's asked me to do some things that aren't any fun. He's asked me to do some things that I don't really want to do. Well, I'm going to show you something here that was a part of Paul's job assignment. And I can guarantee you that this is not exactly what he was wanting to do. And so Acts chapter 20, and this ends up in one of the most wonderful verses uh, that that I've read. It's a life verse for me and for so many people in here. But Acts chapter 20, and we're going to look at verses 20 through 24. And so Paul was getting ready to travel to Jerusalem, and he knew that's what the Lord was telling him to do, but some tough times lay ahead. Acts 20, verse 22, he says, and now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. Well, that'd be enough to make most people quit right there. But verse 24, he says, but my life is worth nothing to me. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me. So who assigns work to somebody, a boss, the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And so Paul right here had a job assignment. And the only thing he knew is that he was going to get arrested and that he was going to suffer. But the boss said to go. And so he's like, I'm going to go. And if you read the whole story, different people are like, Paul, don't go. Don't go. You're going to get in trouble. And he's like, I know, but God told me to do this. So I'm going to do it anyway. What if your boss said, hey, I need you to go do this job assignment. I want you to know that you're going to suffer greatly and you're going to get arrested for it. Go in peace. <laughs> well, what would you do? Um, well, there's not a lot of people, not a lot of bosses that I'm willing to get arrested for. In fact, we've all probably had jobs where they kind of asked you to do something you knew was illegal. And you're like, hey, I like this place but I don't like it enough to get thrown in jail. Anybody, you're like, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I like it here, but I don't like it that much. You know, I can find something else. But there's not a lot of bosses I would get arrested for, but I promise you there is one boss that I would get arrested for. His name is Jesus. And I'd gladly get arrested for Jesus. And, you know, over the last three years, that reality has gotten more and more real than ever before. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that. You know, I, 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 I was thinking about that yesterday about 
Man, I remember during COVID when they said, hey, you got to shut down. And, and you know, we're like, um, well, it's a church, you know, you can't, no. Um, and so, listen, when we opened the doors, you know, up for church, man, and, and it was illegal. That was the first time, you know, in the United States that I've seen that, you know, it was illegal to have church. And, uh, and so we were talking and like, well, maybe we should just hide it. Maybe we should be quiet. Maybe we should like record a sermon, put it on the internet, and then we'll actually have church life the people that were here. And then we were like, no, we're not going to hide it. Let's just do it. And that would take too much work anyway. I don't want, you know, I don't want to you know, do that twice. So, so we said, Hey, let's just be loud and proud and say, we're serving Jesus, whether it's legal to serve him or not, because my boss told me that I am not to forsake the assembling of the saints together. My boss said, you got to have church. He said, where two or more are, are gathered in my name, not where two or more live stream in my name, man, I'll show right up there. And I believe that God can reach those in the living room or watching online. We've got an incredible online group of people that join us. And so I appreciate them so much. But the fact of the matter is we are told to gather together in his name. And, 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 and if, if the government says, no, you can't do that, but my boss says, you got to do this. Then I listen to my boss. And, you know, I had great conversations with different people. I had different pastors calling like, what are you guys doing over there on soap mine road, man? You know, they're watching. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're watching. Ooh, yeah, it's great. And then you're going to get, you're going to get a letters and, 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 and I'm like, bring the letters on. And so it was wonderful because we got some letters, you know, you're in violation of this. And if you keep going, you're going to get, find all this money. And it was great because we needed extra paper at the time. There was a toilet paper shortage. And so I was like, dude, this is wonderful. We got extra now. Wow. What a blessing. Okay. I shouldn't have said that. That's my bad. That's, that's too much. I shouldn't have gone there. But I know if you came to church on Labor Day, you're probably crazy anyway, so I love you. All right, um, one more verse. Let's do one more verse, and then we'll let you find people go. Uh, let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Amen. I like something my dad said a while back. He, you know, we're talking about serving the Lord, even if it's hard, even if it's not what you want to do. But you need to realize, you know, in your life, sometimes my dad said this, that you have to do what you don't want to do so you can end up doing what you really do want to do. And so you may be in a season where you're doing right now what you don't really want to do. Maybe the job you're working at isn't your ultimate goal, your ultimate dream. But sometimes you got to have a season of doing what you don't really want to do. So in the end, you can do what you really, really do want to do. There are seasons where we sacrifice. There are seasons where we, uh, you know, do something, uh, work somewhere, and it's not our dream job, but we're going to be faithful with little so we can be trusted with much someday. Don't think that you're going to end up being the boss and the CEO if you can't, you know, sweep the floors at Del Taco with a good attitude. They don't promote people like that. They promote people that, hey, this isn't my dream job, but I'm going to give it the absolute best that I've got. Those are the people that get promoted in life. Nobody gets to just start off on the top. Amen. It's not that way. And so I want to show you something. Colossians 3, 
Amen. And we're going to look at verse 23, Colossians 3, verse 23, because I have found that out that no matter what my job is, no matter where I'm clocking in for employment, that ultimately Jesus is who I'm working for. Jesus is my boss. So Colossians 3, verse 23, it says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. There it is. I'm working for God, not just for some man, not for some woman, not for some person. Look at verse 24. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Who is your master? Who is your boss? Jesus Christ is our boss. That's who we're working for. And so if you work a job right now that you don't like, or you have a boss that's mean, do me a favor and go into it with the mindset. You know, I I don't want to use the word pretending, but if that's the word that helps you go in and pretend that Jesus is the boss that's standing right in front of you, giving those instructions. Here's a better one. If you don't like dealing with customers, Pretend that Jesus is the customer. Jesus is the one ordering that Big Mac. Jesus is the one that asked for extra cheese on that taco. I could keep going, but anyways. Jesus is the one that is the customer. And if you will do everything as if you're making that for Jesus. You're babysitting Jesus' children at the daycare. You're, 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 everything you do, you're doing it as if Jesus was the customer or Jesus was the boss. I can promise you the quality of your work will be so high, so excellent, you will be rewarded. Yeah, but my boss hates me. We're not talking about that guy. We're talking about that guy. You understand that your promotion isn't in that dude's hands down here at Fort Irwin. Your promotion is in the Lord's hands. Psalm 75 tells us that promotion doesn't come from the south or the east or the west, but promotion comes from the Lord. He raises one up and he puts another one down. And so if you're all concerned about, oh, never get promoted. He don't like me. Well, Jesus likes you. Do your job as if he was the customer or he was the manager, as if he is the one looking right over your shoulder. Because guess what? Spoiler alert. He is. He's there every single day. And if we would do our job, if we would really live our life like he is our boss, the quality and the excellency of our work will bring us to the top. Joseph got sold into slavery. Joseph got put into the prison. Joseph had all these things happen, but he kept being the hardest worker, the most excellent worker. And every bad spot that he got put into, he got promoted and promoted and promoted. The man went from a slave to a prisoner to the vice president of the biggest, most powerful nation in the world at that time. Well, how did that happen? They don't do that for anybody. The Lord does that for people. And if you're here 
and you're saying, I could never own a business. I could never get promoted. I could never. I'm stuck here. I don't have the education. I wasn't born into the right family. I didn't do this and I didn't. You're looking in all the wrong places. If Jesus is your boss and you will honestly live your life that way, you won't just be a bunch of lip service. You'll actually live your life that way. You will be promoted. You will be blessed. You will receive a reward as it tells us right here in Colossians 3.24. You will rise to the top. And I love this about God. He doesn't have to work through the world system. We've got his own system in the kingdom of God. And so as we begin to close things out today, you know, it may have, you know, some of this may have been encouraging. Some of it may not have been encouraging. What it all boils down to is this. If you say Jesus is your Lord, is he really your Lord? Or do you just say that because it's a cute phrase and, well, that's what you're supposed to say. So I get, no, if Jesus is your Lord, we do what he says to do. We live our lives the way that he says to, and it always causes us to be promoted. It always causes us to rise to the top and it will take us to places we never could have gotten to on our own. And so would you say it with me today? Say, Jesus is my boss. Jesus is my boss. Amen. Let's give him some praise together today. Hallelujah. All right. Well, we're going to stand up together. Amen. We're going to stand up together this morning. And I pray that you've received the word. Uh, you know, uh, our goal is to always challenge you out of your comfort zone and, and to stretch you to new levels. And I'm just encouraging you that you may not be at the stage you want to be in right now. You may not be at the exact job or whatever you've wanted, but keep working for Jesus. He'll, he'll get you to the place higher than you ever thought you could be. Amen. Well, the biggest thing that we could always offer is this. I love this is that if you're here and all this kind of sounds good and whatnot, uh, listen, none of it works until you really do receive Jesus into your heart. And you really do make him your Lord. And I got to tell you, man, Wednesday nights lately, we have been having so many people on Wednesday nights giving their hearts to Jesus in the youth group, in the main service. It's incredible. And, uh, and that's the biggest thing that we could give anybody is the right steps to Jesus. And so if you're here today and maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you've just never uh, invited him into your life, or maybe you're here and you did at one point, but you kind of walked away. Well, today is the day to get that taken care of. Today is the day to call on the name of the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. And you could say, well, yeah, but I've been a member of this church for 20 years. I've been a member of such and such church for 20 years. The Bible doesn't say, hey, if you're a member of this church, then you get to go to heaven. No, it says you got to call on the name of the Lord. And so we're going to make it so easy today. We're going to lead you in a prayer. And if you would pray it and actually mean it, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? Amen. I want you to repeat this with me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died, that he rose again 
Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. Give me the strength to live for you. My life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give him some praise today? Amen. If you're here and you prayed that today, this is my man, Jose, right over here, raising his hand real high. If you prayed that and you would uh, like to take the next steps, we have a program called Spiritual Personal Trainer SPT. And what we do is for the next month, the next 30 days, we will connect you with another Christian in the church that will text you a Bible verse and a devotion every day. They will pray over you every day. They're there if you want to talk and uh, and they're just there to help you, mentor you uh, as you start your journey with Jesus. And we've got several people uh, doing that right now in this program. So if you're interested in that, please come see Jose in just a minute. He'll be over here when we're praying for people. He'll get your name and number and we'll connect you with someone that can help you on your journey with Jesus. Amen. I'm going to have our prayer team come up this morning. And actually, uh, what I, well, no, I'm not going to do that. We're going to do communion together today. Hallelujah. <laughs> I've had a long a couple of weeks. <laughs> been traveling everywhere. I'm ready to be home in Barstow. Uh, we're going to do communion together this morning. And uh, as we take communion together, listen, you don't need to be a member of High Desert Word Center to take communion with us. You just need to be a member of the family of God. And if you just prayed that prayer, you're a member. Welcome to the family, uh, the family of Jesus, that is. And so we're going to come forward and get the communion elements today. And uh, as you as you get those, you can go back to your seat. You can stay at the altar. But we invite everybody that is a Christian and has Jesus in their heart to come up and get the communion elements. And we ask that you stay reverent this morning uh, as we're receiving these. You know, it's not the time to talk about fantasy football or whatever. As you're in line for communion, that's great. We'll talk about that later. But right now we're focusing on Jesus and we're being reverent. So let's go ahead and row by row, come on up and get your communion. And then we'll take it together in just a minute.
read to us this morning out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and it's verse 27. It says, so anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some people have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this manner. And so we're going to take a minute this morning to examine ourselves and judge ourselves. And, you know, I think King David said it so wonderfully in Psalm 139. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And if there be any wicked way in me, Lord, point it out and lead me in the way everlasting. And so this morning, if God's dealing with you on maybe stopping something, or maybe he's dealing with you about starting something. If he's dealing with you on anything, now is the time to submit and say, you know what, Jesus, you're my Lord. I will do what you say. And maybe it's time to repent of something. Well, now's the perfect time to do that. So let's take just a few minutes this morning to silently examine ourselves and judge ourselves, and then we will receive communion. Corinthians 11 and verse 23, the apostle Paul writes, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this to remember me. And so we take this bread today and we do it in remembrance of him. And we understand that this represents the body that was broken so we could be healed and we could have peace and joy in our lives. Thank you, Jesus.
And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. And so we do this this morning. We take this juice and, and we understand that it, it's not literally uh, the, the blood of Jesus, but it represents the blood of Jesus that paid the price for our sins. And so, Jesus, we thank you for shedding your blood to pay for our sins, Lord. It should have been us, but you paid the price for us. We thank you, Jesus, for what you did. We do this in remembrance of you. here and you need prayer, we're going to have our prayer team come on up. Pastor Josh is going to lead us in some worship here. Uh, We ask you to, hey, if you need prayer, just come right up. We want to be in agreement with you. Uh, My wife, Pastor Katie, isn't here today, so you're going to have to use one of the rest of us, but we, you know, we know the Lord's quite strongly ourselves, so uh, if she's watching online, she's going to be really mad at me now, so, uh, but anyway, if you do need prayer, come on up. We want to release our faith and watch the Lord move in your life. Amen.
wind things down here this morning? Has anybody received from the Lord today? Amen. Pray that we are able to, to listen up and receive what he had to say today. Uh, we want to remind you that there is no service tonight. Uh, I want you to have a great time. And uh, of course, Labor Day tomorrow. So happy Labor Day to you. We'll be here Wednesday. Of course, Wednesday nights, man. If you don't come on Wednesday night, we've had some straight fire on Wednesday nights, lady. You're lately, you're missing out. So be here. Uh, it's going to be awesome. And then Friday's the women's meeting and all sorts of great stuff coming along. Amen. Who's glad that it's almost fall time? Did you see our fall colors? Amen. We're a very seasonal church. So uh, anyway, but praise God. I love it. We're getting into the great time of the year. And there's going to be a lot of good opportunities here at church for you over the next few months as we head into the holidays. All right. Well, let's go ahead and we will close in prayer and say our Barstow Faith Confession. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, you are so good to us. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you give us instructions, Lord even on how to work our job, Lord. You even show us how to live our lives and things like that. And so, Lord, I pray today that your word that has gone out, it will not return unto you void, Lord, that we will be doers of the word and not hearers only. And Lord, I thank you that promotion is coming to the people of this church, Lord, on their jobs. And, and Lord, what you said to Abraham, whatever he set his hand to was blessed. And so I pray for those in here that are really making Jesus their Lord and doing what he says, that you're blessing everything they set their hand to, Lord, that they are rising to the top, that they are receiving promotions and raises and, and bonuses, Lord, and you're blessing them for doing your word. You are so good to us. We ask that you would use us this week to be the light of the world and show the love of Jesus everywhere we go. We love you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Can somebody say amen today? All right. Let's speak some faith over Barstow today. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you Wednesday. Oh.